Good morning. How wonderful it is to be here this morning, even if it is cold and irritable outside. It's nice and warm in here. I'd like to thank Jacob for that reading this morning. Corbin for his song leading. Oh, how fantastic our singing is. And if you set up front up here, what you think sounds good back there sounds wonderful up here. I, I had a, a bass sitting behind me that I thought at first he was in the office with a speaker in his hand. Uh, you just can't believe how great it sounds when you move forward and get that coming towards you. It is fantastic. And we have so many excellent, wonderful song leaders. It's just wonderful. You know, <clears throat> in the reading this morning, uh, let's read uh, 35 through 37 again. <clears throat> again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked by, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. You know, we sometimes forget. I know I do. And I think the rest of us do sometimes that we've obeyed the gospel. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. Just like Andrew and his friend were disciples of John the Baptist. They were such disciples as we should be. They heard they were so close to John the Baptist as as he spoke, they heard every word he said. Behold, the Lamb of God, the Messiah, the Christ, has just passed by. They heard that. And later on, they acknowledged that they were looking for him. They had heard and they believed. The prophets of old. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He, he will be here. And in the law of Moses they heard. You know, we think of Andrew and his brother Peter as just being fishermen. Well, there's a lot of people who think fishermen are pretty smart. I know I probably prepared a few sermons at the fishing hole. Thank goodness the fish weren't biting and I had time to do it. But you know, hey, move the boat out a little bit, cast the net over here. If you don't get any fish, cast the net over here. How much knowledge does that take? Well, if you still don't get one, but let's move out a little further. And let's cast these nets again. Of course, they have to know how to repair those nets and a few things like that in the boat. But we really often think of Peter and Andrew just as fishermen. They weren't very smart, we don't think. But they were smart enough that they were looking for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How smart are we as disciples of Jesus? Are we looking for Him every day to come back? Are you busy every day looking for Jesus Christ to come back? 
I know I fail oftentimes. I know I get so tied up sometimes in the problems of this country we live in that I forget to be looking for Jesus. And that's a shame. That's a shame on Glenn Taylor. And it's a shame on all of us that get that involved in things of this life that we forget to look for Jesus Christ to come back and take us home to spend eternity with God. Oh, how wonderful that will be. How great that will be. And we forget to look for it. We forget to concentrate on it. It is a serious matter. And we need to think about our discipleship in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because we are his disciples. And let's don't forget it. Let's remember it constantly as we walk through this life. Let's follow Jesus so close that if he stops, we'll run over him. Just like Andrew and his friend would have if John the Baptist had stopped, they'd have run over him. Jesus doesn't ask too much of us. He really makes it pretty simple for us. And we make it too hard for ourselves. Can you just imagine how Andrew felt, the excitement he felt as he, after he spent a full day with Jesus? As he ran, and I'm assuming here that he ran, I don't think he took a long path through the park, to tell his brother Peter, we found him, we've seen him, we spent the day with him. He offers us an eternity with him. An eternity with him. And we overlook it. We don't think about it every day. We don't concentrate on it. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame that we let the cures of this world get to us so bad and so easy. You know, they knew how to be good disciples. And when I told a few people I was going to talk about Andrew today, I think there's only eight verses that even name Andrew in the whole New Testament Scriptures. What can you talk about Andrew about? Oh, what a disciple he was. And oh, how he teaches us to be a disciple. Oh yeah, he's not near in the Scripture like his brother Peter. But you know what? There's no indication anywhere in the Scripture that Andrew felt bad about his brother being in the highlights and him not. We shouldn't feel bad because some can stand in the pulpit and preach. Some a whole lot better than me, thank goodness. We don't need to feel bad because we have so many nice gentlemen in this congregation that can get up here and lead wonderful, beautiful singing. And Brother Taylor has to sing bass the lowly. Can't nobody hear you. 
Oh, we need to learn. We need to learn from Andrew and others in the Scriptures how to be great disciples of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to learn how not to envy people that can do more than we can for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus taught by, by parables. And those parables had wonderful meaning if we understood them. And when one of his disciples asked, why are you teaching these people in parables? What was Jesus' answer? Pretty simple. You understand the mysteries of God. These people don't understand and they won't understand. They don't want to understand. Brother Taylor, are you going to preach a hellfire and damnation sermon this morning? You know, we don't hear too many of those anymore. That's what some of us older folks grew up on. And that's what we started preaching. You know, Brother Clyde Woody today is over at Chickasha. And the reason he's over there today marks the 67th year of his first sermon. And it was at Chickasha, Oklahoma. July will mark my 67th year of sermons for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And oh, how I remember that first one. I got one page of notes today. For that first one, I had ten, seven pages of notes and it lasted 10, maybe 12 minutes. Since then... I have spoke from El Paso, Texas to Rogers, Arkansas and a lot of places in between. Some places I haven't been invited back to. I think I know why, but <laughs> that happens. You know, in the parable that Jesus taught, In the 13th chapter of Matthew, the parable of the sower. I have talked to individuals that this parable scares literally to death. And the reason why is he compares good ground with good disciples of Jesus Christ. And if we just understand that it's talking about good ground... We can go down here to the Washita River bottom from Chickasha to Paul's Valley and it's one of the ten most fertile grounds in the world. I have seen them raise three crops in one area. And in this parable, he compares the disciples with that good ground. Some a hundredfold. Oh, Brother Taylor's a long ways from that mark. Some 60-fold. Nowhere near close. Some 30-fold. Yes, I've done a lot of preaching. I have not hit the 30-fold by any measure. But you know what? 
Clive Woody would probably tell you the same thing. And he would tell you that even though he has made the 30%, and I'd tell you even though I haven't made the 30%, the pearly gates are going to open for me. They're going to open for Clyde. And they'll open for you whether you make the 30% or not if you're trying. And up here in the pulpit is not where souls are saved. It's out there one-on-one. One-on-one. Not up here. I can tell you what you need to do. But some friend, some relative, someone else is going to get to you, not Brother Taylor. Not up here. Not preaching a hellfire damnation sermon. And the best I can do is is to tell you how much Jesus loves you. You know, in, in the 25th chapter of Matthew, he talks about the parable of the talent. You know, if he was actually talking about a little metal coin with the head of some great individual on it, right now it'd be worth a million dollars. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about talents that God has given each and every one of us. Some more than others. I, I have to admit it. I can look out in this audience and I could, I could actually point my finger at people that have a whole lot more talent than I do. A whole lot more talent. But are you using that talent? Are you telling people about Jesus? That's, that, that's really all he asked us to do. Tell others about Jesus and him crucified for you. The love that he had for his father to do his father's will and the love that he had for us to give us the plan of salvation. To allow us the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven with him and our Father, our God. You know, that that's basically all I can do up here. I can tell you about that, but I hope somebody has been working with you if you have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I hope some individual has been working with you if you have not obeyed it. And has helped convince you to be ready to obey Jesus and His gospel. To obey the love that He had for you and for me. To try to help Him Convince the world of that love that he has for us. That's all he asks. That's all he asks of the individual Christian. Convince others. Bring Jesus to them. And I hope this morning that somebody has brought Jesus to each and every one here.
And if not, in a few minutes, we're going to offer an invitation. We're going to give you the opportunity to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be buried with him in baptism, rise and walk in new life. For the remission of your sins, that's where you're going to meet the blood of Jesus is in that watery grave of baptism, like figure. You're buried with him. You die with him. You're raised. And you walk in newness of life. You know, John the Baptist, oh, he was pretty blunt. You know what he said? He said, when you have repented and been baptized, bear fruit like you have been. Bear fruit like you have been repented and been baptized. And that's all Jesus asks of us. Once we have repented and been baptized, confessed his name, and continue to confess his name the rest of our lives, it's not just a one-time confession. But that's all he asks of us, is make that confession, repent, be baptized, and then live like you have obeyed that gospel. And he really doesn't make it hard to live that. Like I said, we make it hard. You and I, we make it hard on ourselves. It's not that difficult. And we're going to offer that invitation song now. If you're here and you have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Obey it today. And express your love for what he has done for you by confessing his name. Won't you come forward as we stand and sing?